Welcome to Rotten Radio. Rotten Radio is a monthly podcast we bring you the first Wednesday of the month with the Rotten Brothers. Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary Church in Sioux Falls. Father John Rutten, pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg. And Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty University. Let's join them now for a little faith, family, and plenty of fun. Good morning, rock stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast as you listen to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty University, and I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful, outstanding, and mostly bald brothers Rutten, Father John and Father Paul. How we doing, fellas? Doing well. Doing great. Paul, I would love to know what is in your mind every time we start this show and I start, good, this look comes over your face like, okay. You don't want to know. Here we go again. <laughs> no, it's good. We can have counseling. We, we can, can do a counseling session yeah, about this if, if need be. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> we can just keep that private and I can retain my dignity and confidence over here. And yeah. Father John. Yes. You should start it off for us. What have you been up to? Uh, just living the dream. School started, so everything's sort of rolling along. Parish life starts happening again. People stop going to the lake so much. Uh, you've got full masses. Life is uh, pretty grand. So, And yet, it's still nice. Weather's nice. And, you know, that's kind of what life is about. Just nice weather. No, no, no. That's... All those things, you know, being together, everybody's back, being, you know, it is, it is, it's it's like a renewal a little bit, you Mm -hmm. know, fresh start. Father Paul, what have you been up to? Same old, same old, uh, which Father John just said, school's back, everything's up and running. Is the parish life basically ordered the same? Uh, if you have a school or if you don't have a school, is it different? Oh yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, I mean, it's different. I mean, mean, there's still, there's still the cycle, you know, your religious ed will start up at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, usually your RCIA programs, all your programs right. begin up in the fall. So at some point, everything starts back up. Right. Uh, but when you have a school, it really starts back up. Right. Yeah. Cause imagine all the things that your kids are doing with school, right? They probably had to go to an open house. They probably had to yep. like all those things. If you have the school, like the pastor is connected to every, all of them. Uh-huh. Whereas right. if you don't, all my parishioners are doing those same things. And some of them go to the Bishop Gorman Catholic schools too, but it's not like I'm, you know, they aren't coming into my right, building. And right, right, right. So right. just administratively, it's less. Uh, Great. Well, I, uh, I would, you? yeah, I would, I would second that the, the, the start of school, the swing back. Um, summers are a little long for me. I actually kind of like them a little bit shorter, to be honest with you. Taking 10 weeks off, 11 weeks off. It's like, eh, maybe we could use six weeks off and then get back at it. But it's set up for whatever reason, the way it is. And so I love it. Get back to school, get back into an organized fashion. I got three boys that are all in school together now for the first time and all at the same school for the first time. So I have a one-stop drop. Yeah. So praise be Jesus Christ. And from there, uh, yeah, things are great. So, all right. Well, if you're interacting with us, you're out there listening across the Midwest, uh, across the nation, coast to coast. Uh, we invite you to interact with us on our Facebook uh, page, Rutten Radio Facebook, or uh, you might do that through the Real Presence affiliate uh, 
social media networks as well. So uh, get our app on your phone if you don't have it already, and then you can take us with you on the go for, for wherever you are. So how we do this is we take the next hour, and for the first half hour, we do our movie of the month, the M-O-T-M. And we do a little movie review, a little, little commentary on that, give it a little rating system, and then in the second half hour, jump into our theme for the month. So with that, brothers, our movie of the month for September is A Beautiful Mind. Father Paul. Uh, from the heights of notoriety to the depths of depravity, John Forbes Nash Jr. experienced it all. A mathematical genius, he made an astonishing discovery early in his career and stood on the brink of international acclaim, but the handsome and arrogant Nash soon found himself on a painful and harrowing journey of self-discovery. After many years of struggle, he eventually triumphed over his tragedy and finally, late in life, received the Nobel Prize. Wow, outstanding. So it's another education movie? <laughs> yeah, uh, I was wondering who chose this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I don't I, I don't know if we put a note by who chose, oh, but we can okay. guess. And it's uh, also got like a little Rain Man-ish kind of a feel to it, where the, the primary character also has some sort of a, a broken reality that has to be dealt with. Sure. Um, so with that, Father John, any warnings content-wise that we should be aware of? Uh, not that I can think of after I didn't think of it beforehand, but I don't think so. I mean, it's not a kid's movie. It's maybe one of the first movie. Well, it's an adult movie that does not have a um, visual scene that can't be observed by children. That'd be and it, you know, it's like, and uh, so, but with that, it, it does deal with um, mental health issues. And so mm-hmm. there is that that primary thread that runs through it. So uh, jumping off, initial thoughts, comments uh, right out of the shoots, Father Paul. Yeah, I mean, I thought they did a, a good job of the real challenges of mental illness uh, for the person who struggles with it, for those who are around it, uh, all of those those aspects. You know, it's, it's not black and white. Uh, it, it's really a hard thing, the stigma of it, um, all of those things. Um, and then also just even that, the, the idea of what is real and how do we know it to be real Mm. that, you know, seemed to come out for me. Right. The, uh, the mental health aspects that just kind of brought me back, uh, God rest her soul, our mother who had her own challenges. And, uh, one time I was talking about mother's challenges met with mental health and my response to a lot of things that are very serious in life is to laugh. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys have that, but uh, my wife, it drives her nuts. My kids, it drives nuts. Um, and anyway, after a talk one time, a lady came up and said, you know, this isn't really a laughing matter. <laughs> and I was like, oops, like, <laughs> you know, but to her, my response was lighthearted. And in a sense, it wasn't that it wasn't appropriate, but you could see the acute um, nature of the reality for people that do live with mental illness or with others in their family with mental illness. So it really is a present, right? It's, it's a main theme running through the movie. Father John, what'd you think? Yeah, it was a a good movie. I did first thing uh, as he was throwing the desk out the window, I was like, (laughs) 
Joe chose this movie, didn't he? <laughs> uh, no, it was really the, a couple of quick thoughts that I had was I was really struck by mental illness and its effects on a person uh, and on those that love them. And then also on marriage mm-hmm. and how uh, someone responds to an illness, you know, you say till death do us part uh, in sickness and in health. Now there are those illnesses that are there prior, you know, I mean, there's certain circumstances that sometimes you don't know right away, but what happens when someone you love becomes mentally ill? Do we think of that differently than if they become bodily ill? Um, you know, you take care of them that way. Uh, you, you know, mm-hmm. somebody loses a leg, you wouldn't abandon them. You know, if somebody loses their mind, do you abandon them? Um, you know, and, and I know that's a complicated question, right. but I was really struck right. by the reality of marriage because of how uh, his wife loved him. And that kind of segues into my thoughts. I immediately wanted to get into the truth of the film. Mm-hmm. It is based on a true story. And um, uh, Howard, who's the, the movie producer from the Happy Days that's a producer? Howard? Ron Howard. Ron Howard was the producer of it, mm-hmm. and it had a great star, a great cast. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stars in the movie in different roles, even insignificant roles. You'd see somebody, you're like, oh, I, that person's a, a, a famous actor, popular. Um, and so trying to get down to the root of the story, and I came across some great information that, in a sense, put me in the reality where I could stop and say it's very interesting because we produce movies that have certain ideals that then create something in us that's actually a false reality. So you're talking yeah, you about more? you're talking about marriage. She actually does leave him. Sure. And in but, reality, but don't they get back together at the end? So they don't. They're friends. Oh, okay. He remarries. Actually, he has a I believe a second oh, you mean the wife. real story. Yeah, the, the real story. The wife does leave him, mm. and. So it just put me in a spot that said not right or wrong, right? Like you said, it's complex. But she did, but she did be remain lifelong friends with him. But she just couldn't live in the married relationship uh, with him. And so I just thought, oh, that's you know interesting. And then as I started getting into more issues, it just was like, oh, all right, what's real? He didn't actually have visual hallucinations. So in the movie, he sees these three right. characters. Us. In reality, he actually has voices in his head. Okay. And the voices are much more common. I know people that have voices that struggle sure. with that. I've never actually met anybody that hallucinated and saw people that sure. weren't actually there. So when I thought, oh, it's voices. Oh, well, that's I know somebody that struggles with that type of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And it's more common. But for a film, it's hard to make the voices reality. Sure. So they yeah. made them into images instead. Yeah, because then you'd have a Terrence Malick film. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, Terrence Malick. What a sh- so, so anyway, that that was really, really awesome. And then the, the side of um, just overall as a movie, I kind of find that one person narrative, the long, slow. I mean, it's kind of slow in some ways. I, li- I like those. I kind of sure. enjoyed that aspect of it, although it's not. Yeah. So anyway, deeper insights, things to jump into. Father John, you mentioned a number like marriage. Father Paul, you talked about mental health. Uh, it's not black and white. Um, reality, what is real? 
jump a little deeper and get into some of these issues. Yeah, one of the things that struck me was his search for the original idea. And sure. uh, if you've ever read the book Frankenstein, mm-hmm. um, he also, you know, Mary Shelley wrote that a couple hundred years ago. And it's this like search for the thing that hasn't been attained, you know, to, to bring life into this inanimate creature. Um, and so I was just struck by his, his like all consuming desire to attain something original. Uh, the idea, you know, that he did do for his, what would it have been his thesis or his paper or yeah. his doctor or whatever. Um, and that in a way, yeah, I understand that, that desire you want to contribute something that nobody else has. Um, and then in a similar way, like every life, I thought, well, his life is a contribution, is an original contribution, right? He mm-hmm. thinks he has to come up with some grand uh, top of the line thing, but to for any person to take seriously their life and to live their life is to offer an original contribution to this world. But that doesn't oftentimes seem like the answer that is awakened in us to really make our mark. What was this, you know, the next Einstein, the next, uh, sure. Nobel laureate. <laughs> so that was uh, really provoking to me. That's, it's interesting, John, there's a point in the scene where he's talking to another person, uh, another character. And he says, does mathematics lead to higher truths? And the person that he's talking to says, what a boring question. And this is a real interesting place because they propose for the character, for John Nash, that there's something more than just the numbers that he's on a search for. And do you remember what it is that he arrives at at the end? When he gets his... Yeah, he gets his award at the end and he kind of comes to the presentation mm-hmm. and he kind of says as he's in front of everybody with the Nobel Prize and... He doesn't say, boy, great was my math, and I love math. He says, none of this would have been possible without the love of my wife, the love of a person, which to begin the film, he doesn't like people. He wants only numbers, Mm. things without a true return of a relationship that don't challenge, that don't maybe provide. Uh, And so this idea that, that math actually leads him to something greater a deeper reality, which is love. But that's not oftentimes the world of mathematics. The world of mathematics oftentimes has a tendency to lead towards atheism and materialism. Hmm. And so I called Ken Lindemann, the one and only Ken Lindemann out of the Gorman, to talk <laughs> about mathematics. Yes, about you ca- because, did? Yes, absolutely. Really? John, you would have wanted to be a fly on the wall in the conversation mind-blowing to listen to Ken Lindemann. He called Ken Lindemann. I know. <laughs> about the beauty of mathematics. Did you, when, when he picked up the phone, did you say, Good, Good morning, <laughs> Ken Lindemann! <laughs> this is Joe Ryan. He hangs up. Uh, so we can get to that down the road here. I'll kind of talk more about it. But Ken immediately goes to the training of the mind and how mathematics is important because it teaches us to, to think. It, t- it trains our imagination. Ken's talking about imagination. He's talking about reading. He said, mathematics teaches you to read. It teaches you to think. He said, you can't have a mechanical engineer unless they've first been trained in how to think and imagine. I'm like, what? He said, point being, 
for Ken, mathematics is far more than just numbers. It's actually about a greater experience of reality. Mm. I thought, wow, fascinating. So, Father Paul, thoughts, deep, deep dive. What kind of theme jumped out at you that? Yeah, I mean, I think the movie from a, a cinematic sort of storytelling, uh, you get whatever is three ways through the movie or three quarters through the movie, speaking of math, uh, and you realize some of these people aren't real people. <laughs> right. You know, and so then all of a sudden the voices that we think are people, they aren't people. And so this real question though about what's real, mm. you know, uh, and maybe not necessarily whether people are real, um, but the reality of my own perception of myself and is it is it real? And my perception of how other people perceive me and is it real? Mm. Uh, and then who is the one who in a sense, has the ability to help me mm. know reality. Like the wife. Like the wife or a friend, spiritual director, uh, someone whom they can tell you, like, this is true. This is true about you. Um, you know, one way to discover that is if you've ever had someone uh, sort of imitate you. Oh, right? Yeah. And and they exaggerate your your idiosyncrasies, and but you can see yourself mm-hmm. like clearly in it, and you either have to accept that, uh, or deny it, or uh, you know whatever. But but this ability to to look at that, and what I sort of felt in the movie was that handkerchief was given to him by his wife, and he always held on to it, and it seemed to be sort of that you know talisman or whatever they call it that was the thing that he sort of grounded him in reality that he knew this was really real and he just sort of held on. Uh, and it wasn't until he noticed that the girl never grew older that he could say, she's not real. Oh, right, right, right. You know? And so he just had to keep saying, well, she, she's not getting older. Like, so she can't be real. Uh, mm-hmm. But that ability. Uh, and then are we open to that? Are we really open to coming to know ourselves <laughs> and, and living in reality? And I think, again, this is the difficulty of our culture. Uh, you know, the reason those things are so important to John Nash is he lives in a world where new discoveries is what matters. So as long as he's at Harvard and Princeton, this is the criteria by which he'll be judged. Mm-hmm. So we can say that they're not important, that the person himself is important, but he lives in a world that will not say that. So our kids are, are, and are everyone, we're all living in this reality of social media mm-hmm. and we're allowing it to be the thing that tells us what's real. And so this real challenge of, of being able to step out of it and to say, no, I'm real. Uh, and I make a contribution simply because I am, whether or not I post that somewhere, whether or not I get liked by it. Uh, but that ability to be able to really, uh, be in touch with what, what, what is real. Yeah, Paul, you got a bunch of things there. One, the mentor type of the relationship of the mirror that helps you reflect who you are. Um, you know, for our audience out there listening, maybe you do, maybe you don't have this person in your life. Maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's not. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a spiritual director. But um, do you two have somebody in your life that you trust or go to that is that person that you can ask the hard question to, or that they can give you the hard answer um, that maybe helps you encounter the truth of your reality in areas that maybe 
others wouldn't necessarily say so. Well, I don't know if he's the one God gave me, but the other half of my egg does a pretty good job of telling me what's right and wrong. <laughs> well, maybe it's because we have the same problem. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, no, I'm yeah. just kidding. I mean, partly. <laughs> <laughs> just partly. Uh, no, I mean, a, a, a spiritual director, clearly on, a, on both a spiritual and a practical level, is a great asset. And to have one that... Um, it is important, and it's not just like you decide that you're going to let them speak into your life. There needs to be factors that w- work, you know. And uh, I had a spiritual director one time in seminary, and it just didn't work. I just didn't feel like I wanted to open up to what he was saying, and I didn't feel like I wanted to contribute. I don't know. It's just so mm-hmm. over time. I was like, you know, I think I need a different one. Right. So it wasn't that he was right or wrong. He was a great holy man. Uh, right. But then I found a different spiritual director, and um, and it just was a place where I was like, yeah, here I can. Uh, so spiritual direction for sure. And then obviously there's others that God places in your life sometimes uh, for particular periods or in particular circumstances, sometimes work, mm-hmm. you know, you have a certain person, you're like, oh, I got a question about this. And you, or, you know, in a different realm, you say, you know, you're dealing with family issues or something and, you know, somebody else is who seems to have the mark and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll I don't know if I agree, but yeah, I'll think about that and pray about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, th- I would agree with John. Like you have to just have multiple areas of your life that, because no one person, and I mean, maybe, well, not even a spouse because your spouse doesn't know your work, you know, or a spouse. Like, I think you just need to be able to have the ability to find the person or discover who it would be and then give them that permission or that relationship. And it takes time, you know, to be able to build. Uh, And I don't even know that it needs to be just drastic, but uh, just somebody that, yeah, that you can bounce things off of. And, you know, was I right in this? You know, was was I off? Was I, you know, because it can be hard as pastors because people don't always want to tell you uh, Uh the truth, uh, you know, and so to build that culture as well. You know, it can be, and then some people would love to tell you what they think is the, is wrong. You probably get that too, sure. and it's like, well, yeah, maybe and, that and, isn't the voice that's healthy right. or that I want to, need is good for me, or like you said, John, that that helps me or is beneficial that I connect with or that I trust. Or um, I I talk a lot, and so I do have people in my life where um, I just ask them after things. How was that? You know, was it? <laughs> and it isn't that I intend to. We just talk too damn much. <laughs> or dang much yep. who does all <laughs> <laughs> right not paul but the other ruttons and so that place that just says what you think and because other people's perception is that this is too much about joe i'm not here for joe i'm here for this experience but because i lead something or mc sure. something and so i did last time and he the last time i did he was like laughed because he was like I don't, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like put you on edge here. You know, like he's right. like, no, I, I, I value this because I want to be better and, and grow, but I can't, I need somebody to help me mirror that. So, um, what is reality? <laughs> you know, that was a good question there, Paul. How do we know? Like, uh, there's a place there where I think about like spirituality and God's love for me and my, my faith and knowing Christ is present. I you mentioned the tie, Paul, that he has like, or the, the handkerchief, handkerchief that he has that he can kind of feel and touch, and he knows then that something that that's real. 
and I just have kind of an experience professionally where I know God did something for me in my life that I did not do, mm-hmm. and that I can only look and say, wow, this thing's real. Mm-hmm. Like, God is real. He loves me. He cared for me. He took care of this situation for me abundantly. Mm-hmm. wasn't easy, but I had to learn to trust. I had to die to myself. And I hold on to that as in like 2017. I hold on to that experience close mm-hmm. because it just is my top. It's my, my handkerchief that I can kind of pull out, recall, and be like, yep. But God was present to me here, so he's not going to be abandon me now, you know, if he is this God, um, is, is that a type of way, way that you experience life or that maybe you counsel people is to continue to experience God's love and, um, to trust when the, the, the ocean gets difficult and life gets hard. How do you go about helping people know what is real in this world for them? (laughs) Go to you. I mean, no, not necessarily, but I don't want to. I also know that just because I don't talk and you guys do doesn't mean that that's that good. You need to, well, or that I need to, or that maybe I should talk yeah. uh, as well. Uh, but I can always defer. I mean, that's not hard. Father Paul, reality. How do you? I mean, you guys are in the front lines with people's lives, and they come to you for counsel. How do you guide, or how can you? What insights might you offer to what is real? Yeah, I mean, again, I would say the ability to ask the Holy Spirit for for clarity, uh, and then a willingness to get begin to be honest, hmm. honest with self, honest with others, you know, in that idea. Um, and I guess I would say I think sometimes we're probably harder on ourselves. In one sense, you know, we can beat ourselves up because we're not all of those things. Hmm you know, in the midst of all of that. And, and the reality of what's really expected of, of the average person uh, is definitely part of it. Outstanding. Father John? Yeah, when you have an experience of reality, it has an intuitive dimension to it. And you can get into all kinds. I remember being a little kid, you know, I don't know why, but we, I was sitting on the um, brick wall in front of the Atkins house next door to the Pyatt's. And we were talking about whether a tree falling in the woods makes a sound uh, if no one's around. And I remember thinking that was so fascinating. And I wonder if it does or if mm. it doesn't. And um, and it wasn't until I'm like late 30s in the seminary or something. And I'm like, wait a minute. Of course it makes a sound. <laughs> now. I know all you out there that are listening to this, okay, there's another way you can look at it. But then you're still looking at it that other way. So reality has a particular way you're looking at it. Um, You can go deeper into the reality, but you just have to have an intuitive sense, oh, this is a mental illness. Oh, no, that's reality. And there's just a sense. This is what's real. Well, this is the first half hour of Rutten Radio. We've been talking about a beautiful mind. We'll take a short break here and come back and we'll keep the ball rolling. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the RPR Network. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more of the Rutten Brothers after these messages. Is there an event that you would like announced right here on the RPR Network? 
Please email the details at least two weeks in advance to heather at realpresenceradio.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-E-R at realpresenceradio.com. We can help spread the word about what's happening at your parish and in your diocese. Again, that email address is heather at realpresenceradio.com. For centuries, people of faith have considered the social impact of their financial decisions for the purpose of protecting and promoting the worth of every person, a belief that is an integral part of the Catholic Church. At the Barnes & More Group at Morgan Stanley in Sioux Falls, we can provide the connection between faith and investing by customizing and centering portfolios around these principles. Thaddeus Barnes and Andrew Nemore, financial advisors, can be reached at 338-6500 to discuss investing with impact in detail. Investments and services are offered through Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC, member SIPC. The returns on a portfolio consisting primarily of environmental, social, and governments, ESG, aware investments may be lower or higher than a portfolio that is more diversified or where decisions are based solely on investment considerations. Because ESG criteria exclude some investments, investors may not be able to take advantage of the same opportunities or market trends as investors that do not use such criteria. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. You're listening to Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Sponsored by the Barnes Demore Group Financial Advisors at Morgan Stanley. This is Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now back to more faith, family, and fun with the Rutten Brothers. And we're back with Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, your local and regional Catholic media network for all things awesome, including the three-headed monster that is Rutten Radio. How we doing, brothers? Still good. Ready for another half hour? Let's dig in. All yep. right. For listeners out there in the first half hour of Rutten Radio, the movie of the month that we uh, reflected on, we watched and, and commented on was The One and Only Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe and a whole bunch of other actors that were all very famous. Um a rating. How would you rate A Beautiful Mind? Did you like it? Did you not? Was it cinematographically, cinema, whatever? <laughs> cinema, cinemagraphically? Cinemagraphic. One and three quarter stars. Ooh. Oh. We got to get something where I know what I gave the last one so that I can evaluate. We got to get a dashboard. Gotta, one and I three quarters? One and three quarters. John, you're the kind of person that would be tracking this. I'm going to start doing that right now. One and three quarters for A Beautiful Mind from John. Paul. Yeah, I probably, out of three rotten heads, uh, one and a half. One and a half. 
You know what? I think it was overrated. I'm going to give it one and a half as well. All right. I was not. Oh, what did I give it? You one and three, one quarters. three quarters. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> terrible, but yeah. um, so it, did win an, it did win an Oscar. The, the lady, I think, won Best Supporting Actress for her role. Um, but overall, it was all right, but it wasn't anything to write home about. So one and a half, one and a half, and so one that three is quarter. 1.58 rotten heads. 1.58 rotten heads. There we go. Father John, you're tracking moving forward. Yep. All right. Let's go to shout outs. Shout outs. Who wants to give the first shout? Well, I'll go first since I missed last month. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Will Garrett. Will Garrett? Who's Will Garrett? So Will Garrett is Isaac Flynn, our nephew's friend. So one day, Isaac and his friend Will are sitting there, and Will says, Hey, Isaac, did you ever listen to Rotten Radio podcast? Have you ever heard of that? And Isaac's like, what? He's like, yeah, you know, Rotten Radio comes out of Sioux Falls. And Isaac's like, they're my uncles. (laughs) So then he FaceTimed me. And he's like, hey, Uncle Father Paul. Guess what? Someone <laughs> someone listens to your show. Oh, you're so kidding. Will one Garrett, fan. Yeah, one fan. Yeah. So didn't know it. There was Isaac hanging out. That so I sent him a t-shirt. It's funny. Nice. Oh, I love it. I and love I told it. him I'd give him a shout out last time. See, everybody time. listening, right. you just never know how you're going to get a t-shirt. We do have swag. Yeah. Yep. Rutten Radio We just swag. don't have a concentrated effort on how we distribute it. So just reach out. Let us know you're there. Yep. You yep. need you never know. Father John, shout out. Yeah, to Aunt Mary Jo, uh, the Gold Coast goddess, yep. uh, our uh, Aunt Mary Jo on mom's side, and Aunt Annie, who is there. They're just, you know, can you just imagine two ladies from uh, the north end of Sioux Falls in Chicago downtown just living the Wise life? Wise elders. The, you know, they're over, yeah. you know, they're over our age. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, just fantastic. So grateful for them in my, in my life, and I uh, want to shout out. All right, I'll give mine to Ken Lindemann, who I mentioned earlier, who had an amazing phone call with about mathematics and the greater purpose of mathematics. And then Mm -hmm. Zach Shaw, an old student of mine that like just wants to impact the world and do great things and isn't sure where he's at with everything in his life, but is finding his purpose professionally in the life insurance industry. And it's been fantastic watching him mature and grow and kind of get out there. And so, Zach, if you're out there listening, if you're not, um, you should be. <laughs> so with that, Zach Shaw, Ken Lindeman, Will Garrett, and our aunties. Next, we need to have a rosary check. Brothers, do you have your rosaries on you? Ruttons with their rosaries. Yep. One rosary, Joe, two rosaries. Joe, do you have your rosary with you? No. Oh. <laughs> your kids have it out. Scapular check. Do we have our scapulars? Yeah. Father John's got his cool scapula. Oh, Father boring. John has like Father Paul just has his ordinary totally basic scapula. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, your scapula is like exactly as it should be. Mine <laughs> and has mine's, to, mine has to be a little uh, off. And mine's unique. laying at home unique. on my floor <laughs> disrespectfully <laughs> because it itches at night, and so I take it off and I throw it on the ground, and then I forget to put it back on when I. I think she understands, doesn't she? I've already had my word with her. She understands. (laughs) Outstanding. Well, in the second half hour, we kind of jump onto a theme and have a little conversation around a different, oh, I don't know, kind of topic of the month, if you will. And 
uh, in September here. We're going to jump into charism. So who wants to kick it off for us and open us up on the topic of charism? Yeah, I think uh, speaking of the beautiful mind and going to school where you're meeting new people and with all of the kids starting school now, one of the things that always happens is you begin to compare yourself. And it's a beautiful gift to recognize we're each created in a particular way by God, but humanity is created with some certain dynamics. And just as God created us male and female, he created men and women with particular dynamics. flavors, maybe you would call that. And as you get into business, a lot of times they start talking about these things. You know, you have your Myers-Briggs tests and you have different aspects, but the church also has a specific way that they talk about these things on a spiritual level, which are called the charisms. And charisms are gifts given to an individual person for the building up of the body of Christ. So they're not given to them for their own, oh, I'm great, and oh, this is, this is, aren't I good? No, it's given that I might be open to the Holy Spirit, and as these things move in the world, I see, oh my gosh, look at the way that people are encouraged when I talk to them. So-and-so talks to people and even tries to use like double the encouragement words, and nothing happens. Well, that's because I have the gift, Charism, okay? So it's always for the building up of the church, but we don't all have them in the same way, okay? There are lots of charisms, and we won't get into the details of those, but just as uh, there's the spiritual realm and the human realm, there's also then the aspects of this um, that are the Myers-Briggs. So there's the human part, and then there's the spiritual part. And many people know the human part, um, but one of them that we were going to talk about is the working genius, uh, Bishop yeah, real, real quick though, just so people know, there is a, a website that Catherine of Siena Institute. Oh, great! Which is a great uh, resource for charisms and learning more about Catherine. Them. Yep, of Siena Institute. Their website is. Do you think any Siena, day it'll be Paul of Sioux Falls? No, Siena dot org. <laughs> Paul of S- Sioux Falls. Siena dot org. Siena dot org. Uh, and you can see some more things. Sometimes parishes do these. Uh, we had someone in Watertown that really liked this, and they put on a, a workshop. Oh, so this is something that you can learn more about uh, in that as well. So, okay, yeah, I just wanted to get yeah, that. Yeah, no, in. no, that's great. So, so it's like a personality and, inventory. It's yeah, yep, like so it helps you to know what charisms of right. that you would have and how to use them and work with them. Yeah, so. and you can have like a, a, a charism for writing. Okay, and. I would say maybe this is a charism that I have. When I put Facebook posts out, people like read them and they love them, you know? And yep. when I'm doing them, I can feel myself coming alive writing them. Uh, now, it's not for my glorification, but you can see in the fruit of it for another. Oh, look right. at that, okay? Uh, whereas another person, you might have the gift of administration and you just have the ability to administer and to put people together. And so there's lots of different charisms. Uh, with that. Can you make your deficiencies better or is it more of a, Hey, these are your strengths and your weaknesses and just work within them. That's a great question. It's not about you making anything. It's about what the Holy spirit gives you. Oh, so again, this is God's fault. I'm not tenacious. Well, no, (laughs) again, in, in the charisms, it's this thing. It's just, these have been given to you. Right. So the hard part, I think what I find is when you do this in a church setting is everyone wants their charism to match what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they want it to reaffirm the thing they want to do in the church. 
And the hardest thing is, is to tell them that they don't have the charism. So they really should go some, do something different. Right, so that right. is one of the challenges is to trust. And the only way you can do this in a sense, by verifying it, like really following that path that they tell you and trying to see, I do have more joy. Do you guys use this in, um, hiring or workplace, uh, yeah. not, uh the strategies, uh, not, or, not the, the yeah. CN Institute one, but this is something a parish could do and offer to its parishioners. Like yeah, I said, we, they did it in Watertown. We do this for our confirmation students. It's part of our confirmation program. Oh, it is. Yep. And oh. then it's also a part of the Canyon, which is our adult formation program. And so that by the time one is done with going through the journey, you have a sense of how the Holy Spirit Perfect. has aligned you. Um, and the thing that I most like about it is the charism stuff isn't necessarily tied to like doing stuff. It's a person. I mean, you do do stuff. How do I want to say this? It isn't like this is how now you're going to be a part of the parish. No, it's about me. I am the parish. I am the church. I am the thing. So if I engage whatever uh, charism I have, then I do that in my workplace. I do that with my family. I do that in the public sphere with whatever I'm doing. So it's not as if it's like, this is going to tell me how I should be in the parish. But then the working genius is more when I'm working. Okay. So that's all on a spiritual level. That is a gift of the Holy Spirit and is an amazing thing. Everybody should find out your gifts, uh, your charisms. But then the working genius is more of like an earthly, now God gave us these too, uh, but the working genius is more, how do I work with other people in a team? What is it that I am gifted with? We am took I, uh, some a while back. Which one was this? Was it the Siena? The working, or that was the, the working, working genius. genius. And yep. this is Patrick Lencioni and yep. some of his, his mm-hmm. work. So this is secular, even secular institutions mm-hmm. even yep. use this, yep. this stuff. Yeah, Patrick Lencioni also started the Amazing Parish. So he's sort of a figure that's at the crossroads of both. But even the stuff that's in the Amazing Parish is not the charisms. The charisms are like scriptural. They are of the church. Yeah, so maybe we shouldn't have talked about both of them, but I think it's a nice thing because grace builds on nature. So I have a human dynamic of the way I'm gifted, and then I have a spiritual dynamic in the way in which the Holy Spirit wants to use me. Right, so you're saying that grace builds on nature, that I probably could pray and receive a little assistance from our Lord to be more tenacious and bring things across the finish line, but I probably will go to my grave without that being something that I do in a naturally uh, efficient, effective way. I'm probably always going to be looking to try and buttress that maybe with other team members or colleagues in projects. Exactly. Or your yeah. wife. Or my So this is beautiful, right? My wife is absolutely the opposite. She, I mean, it's, it's amazing. She calls me, she's a, works in healthcare. And she said, Joe, in our industry, we call you a non-compliant patient. and i'm like oh i'm that guy uh but then you look at some of my uh charisms or you look at the the working genius inventory and it's like oh yeah i struggle with tenacity i struggle with the virtue to bring things across the finish line to complete projects Mm -hmm. i'm great at starting them (laughs) but i'm not great at completing them and so my wife is the opposite she doesn't necessarily she isn't the innovator but she's the completer and yeah, and, and I would a great say team. it is true that you need to pay attention to what your weaknesses are, but the whole point of all of this and the Clifton Strengths Finders and different things like this is to lean into your strengths, right? I think we can have the mentality like I got to 
I got to like work on my weaknesses. I got to get better. I don't want to be bad at anything. Right. Nope. Nope. That's the second aspect. The first aspect is what are your charisms? What are your strengths? Lean into them. Lean into them. Right. That's so this what God leadership wants you to is, uh, it's, there are two models. One's called the deficiency model. And the deficiency model says, what are your weaknesses? And let's try and bring those up to uh, a median. And the other is, is an, uh, uh, I forget what it's called, but is that. Let's nope, highlight the strengths, focus on the strengths. That's where your greatest impact comes from. You're going to waste so much time trying to get things that you're not naturally good at up to par. Don't even worry about it. But you do need to build your team around those because otherwise you're going to be an unbalanced ship that is going to be a little awkward. Right. And I think this would be, in a sense, when St. Paul begins to speak about the body of Christ, like we can often think of ourselves as individuals. And so we need to be able to have everything. Uh, and in all of this is this ability, you know, you're, you're deficient so that someone else can, can have something they're good at and that we are in need of other people. That there is this idea that we're not to go it alone, but it's to work together uh, in the midst of all of this. Um, so, what are your strengths? What are your your working genius or your charisms, there, Father John? What things stand out in your discernment life? is my number one, which is uh, the intuition and instincts to evaluate and assess ideas or plans. And uh, when I was in the fraternity, I remember what my fraternity? Sigma Alpha Epsilon at the University of South Dakota. And I was kind of there at a transitional time in fraternal life. And I don't know what afterwards, what they kept doing, but it sort of was changing from sort of the 80s, 90s uh, um, mentality of, um, you know, what was it? Animal, animal House to, you know, something more respectable. Uh, and I remember like seeing that. I could tell, and I remember very clearly telling the brothers, you need to begin taking more seriously like who you are as people and your role on this campus. And I don't know, I just had a sense. We need to grow up here. This needs to become something that's more mature than what, mm -hmm. what we've lived over the decades. Um, so I can look at that and I can see, ah, that's what that was. Mm. Like I had this, I just could see it. I had this innate, intuitive ability to see times are changing and we need to adjust. Um, my second uh, working genius is invention. Good at and enjoy creating original and novel ideas and solutions. And that's totally me. <laughs> I love like, you know, let's just look at this differently and let's come up with this and let's do it like that. And let's even so like when you our see introduction this, to this show, right? Right. I was like, ah, the introduction to this show is like, Hmm, let's, uh, let's come up with something new. Let's get a different little take on how we introduce ourselves. Okay. That was my working genius. Seth. Right. And so you, you do this test, you see the results and immediately you're like, yep, totally. Totally. And then I can also see the places where I have competency. I can see that people put me in places that they think I both am great at and I enjoy, but the truth of the matter is I don't enjoy them, but I do them well. And so I get overloaded with things that I actually don't like. And then it suffocates out the things that I do like, but and this can be something as valuable. Right. And so this might be where just personally you need to learn to say no. Yeah, to certain things. Right, because yeah. the other person might not know uh -huh. that that's something, but yeah. that's your responsibility. 
Yeah, totally. But I didn't, I couldn't make that decision until I understood, oh, there's both the desire and uh, the ability. Man, everybody and needs to do And you have to, to know this. the two of them. Right. That's yeah. beneficial, right? Yeah. Do you yeah. know your desire and your ability? And the working genius, both of them are positive. Mind-blowing, folks. If you are out there listening, <laughs> immediately go to working genius and take this thing, and it'll <laughs> give you self-awareness. We don't get any credit. We don't, yeah, get, we any, don't get any We don't get any. We should. There is a great podcast. There is a great podcast. This is fantastic. As well. Which yeah. is worth listening. They really what's it called? Working, working genius? genius podcast. So I'm telling you, self awareness right here, right? Yeah. yeah, Father Paul, what are you what are you looking at? Well, I have the working genius of tenacity. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> way! No way! <laughs> Which is why we're recording today and not tomorrow. And my Paul's worst, like, Let's my just, worst one is you. You have the tenacity. Exact same and my worst one is. Tenacity. <laughs> yes. So I am good at and enjoy pushing projects, tasks through to completion to ensure that the desired results are achieved. That <laughs> we is. are going to record this show unless it kills me. Uh, <laughs> There's still a couple more hours tomorrow. Couldn't right. we maybe no. do it then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then great. also wonder. So uh, pondering the possibility of greater potential and mm. opportunity in a given situation. Outstanding. And I can see that as well. So that's great. But I am not good at discernment. So Father so John, you said desire and desire and yeah. What? So it, desire and ability. Ability. So, so your working genius. Let me finish this, and then you can go, Joe. Your yep. working genius, desire, and ability are both positive. A working competency. Your desire is neutral or negative, and your or no, your desire is neutral, and your competency is positive. And then you're working frustration. Your desire is negative and your or neutral, and your ability is neutral. So you both aren't good at it, and you don't like doing it. So, and then the middle one, you can do it, but you don't really get life from it. It doesn't make you say, "Oh my gosh, I get to." And then the working geniuses are where you're like, "Oh my gosh, I was with some friends the other day, Man, and you should have heard so them good. talk about their giftedness and how much they love doing what they were doing." That is somebody. That is living out of the We should build um, job descriptions around this stuff. We do. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, can. and that's what well, they talk about. That's that. what the bishop might. Well, and yeah, what the, mean, and this is, this is what the bishop wants. Yeah. Oh, see. so the Diocese of Sioux Falls is having this type of a leadership yeah. Yeah. culture to pro. Mm-hmm. Wow. We all have to do the working genius before. No our way. October Every priest in the diocese? Days. Yep. Yeah. We will for Your clergy kid. Yeah. And so, even on the podcast, you'll hear them talk about this this ability to look at the job because you can be hired. Like theoretically, you could be hired as an engineer, but the job that you're asked to do is not the same kind of job. So they right. even would say they need to make sure that they know what kind of job it is. Is it a job where you're having to invent or is it a job where you're having to, to just get things done? Uh, so even in that, the ability to see what kind of job am I looking for uh, or on a team, what are we missing? Mm-hmm. You know, so do we have someone that can discern? Uh, and if not, we need someone that can discern because otherwise right. things get astray. Okay, Joe, what were yours? Uh, invention and galvanizing. Oh, there you are. And then discernment and wonder. And so, John, we're pretty close. We have a couple flipped, but then the bottom is enablement <laughs> and tenacity. Yeah, is, we're almost the and exact so same. So we're almost the exact same, Yep. Uh, which is probably why we... Uh, cause friction with one another is <laughs> because I you, found that people I'm very similar with. Mm-hmm. I actually, right. Cause you both want to do it with. 
right? We probably occupy yeah. the same spot. What do spot. we do in your basement when we're all there? We're just like dis- we're just like wondering and thinking <laughs> up new things, and you're doing more charts, and I'm doing charts. But do we ever get anything done? No, 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 no. We're all just like me. throwing. Which then you begin to see as you work on these things. You can see at each stage of work different things are more important. And so there is a stage when you need to be very much engaged with wonder and ideas and creativity. But then at a certain point, you got to shut that down and say, okay, in six months, we aren't going to do that kind of stuff for six months, folks. Let's just right. like take, let's do a t- the tenacious thing. Yep. Let's let Paul be in charge, be in charge now. And then yep. Joe, you and I, we're just going to. And every time you start talking and I say, shh, <laughs> shh, it's not your turn yet. Right, right. You know, we, and it's, uh, I've always said, I, I'm a, I just on my own leadership development have said my three gifts are vision, passion, and partnership. Uh, I see things differently. I work outside of the box. I'm I get very excited about things and love oh. rallying people behind. Yeah, if you can believe that. And I love bringing people together. That's uh, to account. and then it's like oh yeah, this is yep, exactly what this right? is. enablement or, in, or in is that so, so now it's invention and galvanizing right. Uh, literally, that's. What I and that's and I found a job where I get paid to do this. Right. Like in some ways, now I can't do it. There's lots going on, but I always thought if I can get paid to do the thing I love. Like right. on Monday, I want to wake up and go to work, and I want to do the thing I'm waking up and going and doing. What a great life that would be! But <laughs> yeah. the point is, I could get hired for a job, but actually not have the space right. where my leadership allows me, or the the tasks or projects allow me. To contribute where my gifts are, or right. where I find meaning and fulfillment, mm-hmm. and I kind of like stumbled into it. Well, now it's like, hey, this is a place that all of us, I think, can broaden out leadership development in our own lives, personally, but also professionally. I'm shocked, to be honest with you, that a Catholic diocese is using this type of stuff for its priests and parishes. I mean, this is like this is cutting edge in some ways. This is the this is the front end of industry. It's been doing Myers-Briggs and stuff like that for a while. But there's a lot of people just in the business world that would love to have a boss that would understand them more, would give them the tools to understand themselves more, and then seek to create a culture that deploys those skills in an effective way. I think people would actually enjoy going to work a little bit more if they were attentive mm-hmm. to this. So have you guys put yours to use yet? Yeah, every day. I mean, yeah, I mean, just thinking about, you mean like personally or in the parish, like with your, like your, your professional life, is it just a self-examination awareness thing for you as priests personally that the bishop is encouraging, or is it something that he's encouraging you to use as a tool for your broader parish leadership? We're in the process of this. So, I mean, it's all, and I would say I'm I'm in a parish place of being in the process of it, but we hired someone and I knew all the staffs and I knew what we were missing and I, you know, and you kind of like, and then when the applicants are there, you're looking at, do they fill these things or, and uh, in the end, it's not like the determining factor, but it's an important thing to be aware sure. of. Well, I'm telling you fellas, the time went fast. The time went, yeah. so we got just a minute left here as we wrap up the second half hour of Rutten Radio. If you're out there listening, we've been talking about working genius and the Catherine of Siena uh, Institute as well on uh, charisms and uh, kind of strengths analysis. So anybody want to wrap it up with a final thought before we do our family prayer? Father Paul? Yeah, I, I think 
ultimately an awareness of who you are uh, and the ability to know your strengths and weaknesses, where God has given you gifts and a willingness to step out uh, in faith that that's, that it's really going to be for the benefit, not just for yourself, but for others as well. Uh, In the working genius uh, podcast and one of them, they talked about burnout and they said that burnout really, they would say is someone who is stuck in a job where they're competent but they don't really love it and they just have to keep doing it grind over and over and over and over again. Uh, and so that ability, you know, it's really hard to shift, to change, uh, to do something different if you've been at it for a while, but the freedom you begin to experience is amazing. Well, let's turn it over to our Lord, ask his grace to be present in our lives and close with our family prayer together. Our Our Father, we thank thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. And we'll see you next month right here on Rutten Radio at the Real Presence Network. You've been listening to Rutten Radio on Real Presence Radio. To hear today's episode again, visit our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com, and find it on the Sioux Falls podcast page. You can also find it on our app under podcasts and special events. And be sure to tune in for more Rutten Radio next month. Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through Plan Giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at yourcatholicradiostation.com. 
Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in your local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, online at yourcatholicradiostation.com.